You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. For your next sci-fi addiction, you need to pick up the first books in the Spire novel series from author Peter F. Smith. The Spire brings to life a setting years after a viral apocalypse has decimated the world's population, leaving only a handful of families who were instrumental in the downfall of mankind as its new rulers. With mankind wiped out, these elites turn on one another with violent results. I enjoyed the incredible details put into the action scenes that rival any you could possibly see on the big screen, and the thought put into the world building crafts possibilities that are endless. The second book, Apocalypse Dawn, allows you to dive further into this dystopia from a survivor's point of view and will grip you instantly. You can pre-order both books on Amazon for 99 cents until November 12th. So sign into your account now and pick up your copies of the next major sci-fi hit and always remember to geek out. I'm down here on the floor of Tucson Comic Con 2019, and I have the pleasure of talking with Smitty Tut Designs. That's correct. And uh, I just wanted to say, the work you have here is amazing. Thank you so much. So, um, is it all metalwork? Yeah, yeah, primarily metalwork, some leather work here and there. Okay. How long have you been doing this? Uh, About 11, 12 years um, metalworking, but as far as the, the business and making props, maybe like five six years now i mean on display is a very cool set of <laughs> captain america s shields i mean there's captain america in the middle but then you got a batman a punisher you yeah. know when, i was gonna say loki that's godzilla huh no no that's uh jason david frank the green oh, power ranger green power yeah. ranger that makes a lot more sense yeah, which he you know the majority of these don't have shields but i just kind of do it to be a nerd right oh hey we're all about <laughs> geeking out here right <laughs> So, I mean, what was it that you saw saw in the shield that you were just like, I can do that, I want to make that? Um, you know, I guess it was a friend asking me to, to see if I could do it. Okay. And that's kind of where it started out from. Because I, I originally started making uh, Wolverine claws, Ooh. just for myself. And then swords, because I like swords and knives and things like that. And then when, when my friends started seeing, like, wow, that's really cool. Could you do this? Could you do that? And then when the Captain America shield, you know, finally got done, it was like, you should probably start a business and sell those and i was like okay i could try that so i mean like my first uh question when i walked up to your booth was taskmaster it was because he's one of my favorite characters and it's it's a shield that's modeled after captain america in yeah, the marvel yeah, yeah, comics yeah. but it obviously has its own design now you said you had made one of those in commission yeah how different was that from making a, a regular captain america shield? um the only real difference was well one the paint scheme um, like with the Captain America shield, I just kind of like paint one ring, paint another ring. Mm-hmm. That one, it, it overlapped all of the rings. So taping that off, um, that was definitely different. And on these, I all have like stainless steel logos that I cut out and attached to the front. That one was fully painted. Yeah, like no no attaching a logo or anything. So it was, <laughs> it was cool. It was nice. It was sleek. Um, 
but it was definitely definitely harder as far as the painting end goes. <laughs> I was going to say, because, like, I mean, I imagine there are hundreds of images of Captain America's shield on, online, right. but there can't be that many of Taskmaster. No. It, was that a difficult thing to research? No, actually, it was uh, the, the customer that commissioned me oh, gave me the, okay. the, the picture they wanted, because they're, with Taskmaster, they are different color schemes of his shield. Got it. And they, they specifically wanted wanted that one. So. so speaking of comic books and stuff like that, what is your particular origin story? Uh, as far as comic books? Or, or just particular in the work that you're doing? Oh, in the work that I'm doing? Yeah. Uh, you said it was it was the, a friend asked you to make shields, but yeah. like, what made you get into metalwork in, in general? Oh, uh, being a kid, like I was one of those kids that liked swords and knives, but you're too young to have them. And if you could get one, they're too expensive. <laughs> so it was like... Uh, having the de- background of uh, graphic design, what I went through school with, um, doing illustrations, Batman. did a couple Batman. comic books, Batman. like uh, coloring, things like that, okay. digital coloring. Cool. Um, I got into the world of like metalworking and then kind of combined those worlds of like nerdiness and metalworking and that's kind of where it went off from. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been doing it for how long? Uh, like 11 years. 11 years? Yeah. That's pretty incredible. I mean, it's, it's really great work. So Thank you. What is the most difficult part about working with this metal or even making a shield? Um, painting is definitely hard. Uh, the leather was hard for me at first. Um, it was a realm that I never really jumped into. Um, but now I'm at the point where I'm starting to do uh, scabbards and sheaths wow. for my sword works. Um, so that, that was definitely something to learn. Um, you would think metal would be harder than leather, but leather is definitely a world of its own. I mean, as far as the tooling of it, I mean, it's really, really aggressive on your hands, like punching holes. And then you got to condition it, and you got to seal it after you stain it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I mean, putting a podcast together is about as much creativity as I get into. So, uh, yeah. Um, what is the length of a product? Say from design to finished product, like how long do you usually uh, take? Usually about a month and a half, sometimes two months, just because I have a lot of orders. Like I have an Etsy store with all all the stuff on the tables. Like I'll even do um, customized bookends or wall plaques, things oh, like that, nice. as well as doing the swords and shields. But a shield, about a month and a half to two months max. Okay. Yeah. And in... Okay, so on, on display, what is the what is it that what does the cost range go? Where the price range? Uh, just 154 a blank shield, and that's just the the bare aluminum. It's got the grooves in it. It's got the spun metal effect, um, but nothing on the back. Okay. Um, that's essential where you start jumping into the the more pricey point because um, it's a secondary shield that I attach to the back, and it's all machined out to where it holds all the brackets and all the leather and things like that. Um, and then after that, automotive paint goes on there. You've got the, again, laser-etched stainless steel logo on the front. And then uh, all the leather tooled after that. So just piece work, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. piece, piece, piece. Because some people just want to hang it on their wall. They yeah. don't need all that stuff on the back. And, and then, some people, you know what, they're, they're cosplayers. And they want to make something of their own, so they'll buy a blank and then paint it themselves. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So what is what about your commission work? Like how... how what is the price range? Is that more of like base to base or? or? Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, usually commissions are, are anywhere from a keychain all the way up to a shield. So. Okay, that's yeah. very cool. <laughs> uh, what was the what? What is it that you particularly like about all of this work? Um, not just I mean, and not just the shields. Like, 
working with metal in general? I love it. It's fun. It's fun to get on the grinder and, and like the, the swords um, are definitely back to the root of what I like to do. Right. Like the shields are cool and they, they definitely like bring a lot of people up to the booth. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a catch-22. The swords I can't bring into conventions because ah. they're quote-unquote weapons. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's, it's, that's more of you have, to, you have to sit there and tell your or tell whoever's walking up that, you know, I also have swords and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of okay. direct them to the website like, hey, check that over there. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, why was it that you decided, you know, coming to a convention to sell your, your wares was a good idea? Uh, I have been coming to comic conventions since I was a kid. Okay. Like, my dad used to take me back in the day. So that was the first thing, like, I knew that was a gathering where, where artists could come to, to kind of promote themselves and, and sell what they have. So that's kind of where I was like, I should do that. I mean, because I'm definitely not going to be able to open a storefront or a brick-and-mortar type business. Right. Um, I have thought about going to the comic book shops to see, hey, do you want to hang a shield be, yeah. on your wall? But at the same time, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm shy. I'm not, I'm not that extroverted. <laughs> like, hey, buy my stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Makes sense. I, I, at least here I can put it on display and, and if people like it, they'll come up, you know, and start talking kind of like how this yeah, evolved. Exactly. <laughs> so, so then as a person that has gone to conventions as a uh, consumer and then as a person who's gone as a vendor, what, you know, what's the differences? What, what, how is it that, what is it like behind the curtain, so to speak? Um, it's, it's different. Um, it's fun because you get to walk around before it opens up. Okay. Um, at the same time, um, a lot of people before it opens up have tablecloths over their stuff so you, you can't shop. Yeah. <laughs> so it was almost like, oh, you can go shopping before everyone else. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a different evolution of comic conventions where you have to prioritize uh, like loading all this into a trailer and how to package it and then get here on your load in time and then come in and set it all up and it's a lot more hassle it's it's a lot more hassle but at the same time it's it's still fun because i get to converse with with my fellow nerds and geeks you know um but then i can't leave the booth to go <laughs> to go shop around yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. i was gonna say do you not ever get to to go look around um, during here, the show? Here, it's a little easier. Um, Tucson's like a smaller kind of convention. Um, Phoenix Comic Con, it's hard to even run away to go, you know, to the bathroom or go grab a drink or anything like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So then, since you go to all these different conventions, did you have a, a community of people that you con- you see all the time that yeah. you like to? Oh, absolutely. With? Like, is that is that a a behind-the-scenes thing that, that most consumers don't know about? Like, how much oh, yeah. interaction you get with the other vendors? Definitely, definitely. Um, like, a lot of the vendors... When I first started conventions, you didn't know anyone. So it was a whole world of, of I'm the newbie here, I don't know what's going on. But but other artists and, and you know, exhibitors come up, and they're like, oh, hey, you're fine. You know, they'll, they'll tell you, you don't have to cover up your stuff. You know, they've got comic books within arm's reach other like ten thousand dollars and like oh don't worry about it you know no one's gonna come in and steal anything it's like oh okay because i used to get scared like someone's gonna steal all my right, shields right, right, or, yeah. you know 
Uh, but yeah, there's there's a whole world of like everyone helps everyone else, and you have you know little friends that they like your stuff and you like their stuff, and That's sometimes awesome. you'll trade you know back and forth. <laughs> so. You get do you do a lot of bartering? Like, yeah, trade yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not not so much shields, but no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It had to be a pretty big item. Yeah, it'd be a pretty hefty, <laughs> hefty purchase. So you you talked a little bit earlier about you uh, originally going for graphic design. Yeah, you're a graphic designer. Yeah, how much? schooling or you know time of learning to do the metal work and machining and leather work did that take you um it was a slow process for sure because you want it's it's like you don't want to jump in and just be like i want to do everything and learn everything all at once it's like learn one machine learn one tool and then evolve that into okay you know per my next process that i need to do what machine do i need to learn next or what tooling do i need to learn how to do after that so that was a, a couple of years into it, but at, once you start learning one tool and another tool, it's like you can utilize them versatility. So, <laughs> but I mean, graphic design that was like learn Photoshop, learn Adobe Illustrator, and you're off and running. <laughs> so, so then was uh, all this the tools and stuff like that? Was that all self-taught, or did you? Yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much um, all self-taught. I mean, a lot of it was you know having a family-owned business that I had worked at for a while seeing how they're done and then having other people show me how they're done so oh that's good that's yeah. pretty good it, you know it's always good to have that background <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh what what is uh something that you particularly other than swords and knives yeah. that you geek out about uh art comic book art mainly yeah. yeah my walls are plastered in it like when i was a uh, when i was an attendee at comic-con i always like there was artists like Greg Capullo I wanted to come see Todd McFarlane I had seen since I was a kid you know so it's always good to see him but but collecting um, prints artwork you know whatever they have coming out art books things like that were you always an Arizona native yeah yeah so, born and raised so Todd McFarlane yep seen Phoenix Rise is Greg Capallo? Uh no I think he's San Diego oh, okay I want to say yeah so are, are those the particular artists that you always love to, to follow, or is there some other something else that's plastered on your walls right now? Um, well, I mean, there's there's always like local artists like uh, like Alfred Trujillo. He's over there. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, Lady Death, Brian Paluto. He's part owner of Tucson Comic Con now. Oh, didn't know that. But like, he's always at the conventions. It was always cool to see him. He's a very personable guy. <laughs> so. so. What was it that when you were doing comics that you you particularly liked to color, draw, or illustrate? Uh, anything but like people. <laughs> Monsters <laughs> were cool. I mean, it's not bad, but it's uh, it's seeing something like different. Like I'm very sci-fi, um, so doing zombies, monsters, you know, elements like fire or ice, things like that. Very cool. So yeah. then, what what comics were you reading? Um. I wasn't really reading much. I mean, Spawn was always the one that I read, but majority of the time I collected comics for the art. Okay. To, to kind of pick apart how certain scenes were colored or certain scenes were composed. So more of like a reference point type thing. So did that help you in, when oh, your career? Absolutely, yeah. How, how is it that you look at a, a comic book and then depict it, depict it that way? Like, to pick it apart and... And what, what is it you're looking for? Like, how the colors blend, or is it more um, how they contrast? How, how colors blended and how, how sceneries, how scenes were, were how they kind of, like, made a mood, basically. Okay. How that one one frame captured, like, whatever was happening at that time. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, movies, TV shows? Are those things that you, you like to geek out about? Oh, yeah, so absolutely. What, what, what are you watching right now? Uh, a bit of everything. Um 
superhero movies are definitely the way to go. Marvel definitely biased in our house. Um, <laughs> you know, DC Batman not bad. I don't. I had no problem with you know Ben Affleck being Batman. Uh, let's see. Uh, TV shows. I mean, Walking Dead. Anything sci-fi. Uh, Black Mirror is always really good in our house. Um, pretty much anything. Even even comedies we're into. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, we have little kids, so I mean, it's from cartoons all the way up to <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> so that's very cool. I yeah. mean, so what did you think of the, the new possible Spawn movie coming out? Oh, being a Spawn I, fan? I think I think it's a thing that's that's being made, right? Well, last I heard was that McFarlane was having problems with Blumhouse about whether or not uh, you know, oh no, what they were going to do because you know he wants to spend money on this, and they're like, well, we'd rather have something like this. And oh, he's walking away, but I do think he was starting up a Kickstarter. Really? To get money for it, yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, so. Well, after our, after the Spawn 301 Guinness World Record, yes. hopefully he can get some publicity to get, cool. get some other people going What did you think of uh, 300 and 301? Did you, cool. did you check it out? No, no, no. not yet. I mean, um, I don't. He, indie. He, uh, Jay Photos, he used to be a, an artist for, for Spawn back in the day. Very cool. And he's doing a 301 cover right now. Oh, wow. like, that's cool. <laughs> so. Very cool. All right, so... Uh, people wanting to get into this type of work uh-huh. what's what's a piece of advice that you would give them i mean it doesn't necessarily don't be intimidated okay at all don't be intimidated like everyone comes up and is like oh that's got to be so hard i mean I, I would say anyone like even like my brother's an artist that you know draws draws like all you gotta do is practice don't be intimidated if there's something you don't know how to do it or something you struggle with do that more because that's going to teach you how to do it better and take away that fear because that one little one little piece of fear is going to keep you away from doing anything else in that in that side of things like someone that can't draw a hand or can't draw a feet draw as many as you can draw as many as you can and then you'll get over that little hump and you can draw all you want very so, good yeah, very good advice yeah. don't be intimidated just keep working at it absolutely <laughs> so this is Mitch down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con 2019 saying always remember to geek, geek out, out. Okay, I am down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con 2019 with Nikki of uh, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, you have some artwork down here right now. Like, how much would it take you to recreate all of this if you had to from right from this oh. moment? Um, well, some of these are done traditionally that I scanned in, so those those usually take me maybe a little over a week to do. Um, some of the digital stuff, since I work faster with digital mediums, uh, on maybe like four or five days. Okay. That, so, so these would be like a couple months, all of these. Yeah. So from uh, idea to a uh, printed page, like it usually takes you about four or five months to make something? or um, it, Honestly, it depends. Some of these, you know, it, it takes me a while. And then there's others, if like you're really inspired, I can, you know knock it out like in a day or two if that and then like the more uh cartoony ones like i can do in a night an hour and a half maybe okay uh how long have you been drawing i've been drawing all my life but i only recently started committing to my art i suppose like the beginning of the year okay so so how how is it have you gone to other a lot of conventions to no do this? this is my first year doing conventions actually um this is my fourth one okay yeah what other ones have you hit so far so i've done game on expo twitchcon um la comic con and then this 
Are you from the Arizona area? Or? I am. I'm from Phoenix. You're from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, TwitchCon, do you yes. do you tend to do a lot of this on Twitch? Do you do? You do? Yeah, I actually I do. Yeah, a lot of the pieces I worked on on Twitch, um, some of them were actually ideas that came from my community, and I put them to paper. Some they work out, so here they are. <laughs> What is I mean? What is that like when you're drawing with a uh, audience like that, so to speak? Um, actually, for me, I find drawing on stream a lot harder than playing games on stream because I started out as a video game streamer, so I'm really used to playing games and talking to the community. Drawing, I really get into a zone sometimes, and I'm like, oh yeah, chat's there. I need to play, <laughs> say what's up, talk about what I'm doing. So it's like a completely different like process and mindset that I'm trying to get used to, but. I feel like I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you are. <laughs> Thank you. What I mean, so then, like, if you're drawing with a community, like, do you try to incorporate their feedback, or do you just... Tr- yeah, I do. Um, so, for example, like, I guess uh, the podcast can't really see, but one of the things that I started, like, um, Wraith from Apex Legends, we started drawing her, because I guess there's the bald skin for Wraith, so... Half of the community wanted to keep her bald. The other half is like, no, we, you know. So we take a vote on that. And same thing with, like, say, a lot of the Pikachu drawings that I have. Yeah, I'm, a lot of the community is like, we like Pikachu. We want him big. So all right, we gotta make him bigger. You know. And feedback like that, I, you know, I, I value because they're gonna be the customers, and that my community, they're the ones that are gonna be, you know, buying these things and what they want they get but i mean there are times where i'm like no this is what like artist you know puts her foot down but yeah it's, it's fun to work and collaborate that way with the with the chat so so then what do you find the differences between uh you, you do utilizing an online store as to coming being a vendor here at a convention um the online store i mean it it's not very personable and while I understand, like, since, you know, I can't do every event and right. meet, like, everybody, so that's convenient, but I enjoy doing um, conventions because, you know, you get to meet people, and obviously it's great if you make a sale, but it's not my, you know, be-all, end-all, even just, like, meeting someone or, like, they appreciate the art, and it, it makes you, like, man, you know, okay, this is the right track, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and that's that feels good. It's, like, it's a nice validation, nice being able to meet, like, new people meet more artists you don't get to do that that much you know if you're just like focusing on an online shop as well so i think that's like very important very true yeah, yeah. so um your skill your your craft you know <laughs> how long did you take to like, did you go to school for it did you no um i'm actually considering maybe like taking like some art classes or something uh but a lot of it is self-taught i like to just see what other artists that I look up to and admire how they do their process take what they do try to adapt it towards what I like to do um, you know see what like I like and don't like from their process and kind of just like go from there and then trying to find like my own ways of doing things my own style you know <laughs> it's like every artist like what's my style right I try not to get too hung up on that I just put whatever I guess I feel like it's like it's very artist to say you know, oh, I'm gonna put what I feel like on paper but it works so, so I mean what, what are some of your influences some of the artists that you love um I grew up I was in love with Jim Lee's work uh, Michael Turner so a lot of like the you know comics and like a lot of their hair I was recently introduced to uh, Jen Broomhall so she also does like a lot of inks like I love the way she does hair 
all that stuff. Um, a lot of different artists from like magic, like I like fan high fantasy art. So those I'm like I'm trying to like learn and emulate type thing. So it's, that's pretty it's, cool. It's so, learning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What what um what's the part of drawing that you love the most? The part of drawing that I love the most sketching and doing hair. <laughs> I like messy. Okay. Where sometimes I feel like when I finish a piece, I like this feels too clean that I want to dirty it up again. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes complete yeah. sense. So, so then, what's the the part that you don't like the most? Um, I guess I feel like personally, my weakest thing is still like uh, still learning like colors and shading, like but. Some people say I do good at it, and then for me, I'm just like, I need to learn more. So I don't, I don't feel too confident with that part yet. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So if you were to get the opportunity, and you might have already, I don't know if you have, but if you got to, the opportunity to meet Jim Lee. No, not yet. What's, I want to. <laughs> what's the one question that you would love to ask him? Um, I'd like to know, like, I guess, like, I just want to know what inspires him, like, you know, it's it's always like he inspires me, so I want to know what inspires him. I suppose <laughs> that's that's very fair. <laughs> so, you said you started off with doing video games on your Twitch. Yes. What games were you playing? Um. So I did a lot of, or I do a lot of Dota two. Uh, I recently start tried to learn how to play World of Warcraft. wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Still learning. Um. I'm also trying to go through um, replay playing Final Fantasy seven before the remake comes out. Mm. So those are kind of like the games that I've been playing at the moment. Is, I mean, is that the particular games that you like the most? Like, is it you like the RPG like that, or? Yeah, I like uh, I like fighting games. I used to play a lot of Counter Strike as well. So, you know, um, yeah. Tekken, I guess. And does that does that um, bleed into your your art at all? Like, do you, um, do you tend to? Yeah, I do a lot of Dota art. Actually, like uh, some of my work has gotten into the Dota video game. Uh, as either merch or an in-game item, um, and then it's kind of like fantasy and video games, so it like it, it caters right up to like everything I love. So, and do you have one piece that you particularly love the most? Right now, yeah, I feel like I I I, I jump all over the place, but I would say right now, probably my Daenerys is the Night Queen. It's a very good I mean, one. Something about that one that, you know, I like a lot. <laughs> was there is there a story behind that one? Is there a reason why you wanted to draw that? Spoilers, but it was the ending that I wanted, ah. I guess. So, you know. That's very, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's great looking work. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what is the, your social media so that the listeners can oh, find you? Um, on pretty much everything, I'm either at Sajidin or at Sajidin Art. So... Yeah, it should be not that hard to find. Okay. Yeah. Is there a Hopefully. story behind Sajidine? Is that like your... It was a name I made up when I had a comic book when I was like a little kid. I actually still have it. Um, a lot of my community wants me to redo it, so we'll see. I am kind of working on that world again. Because she is still a character that I really, like. I guess, enjoy. I want to be her. She's me, you know, type thing. Very, yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, a little bit of a preview. What was that book about? So the original, it was a, it was a story about. It is a different universe. Uh, a few of these planets have, they, they have a coalition. Each girl is chosen from each planet uh, to protect it. So I suppose she was one of them. 
Yeah, it was. It was kind of. You know, it was very uh, inspired by like all of the magical girls that I watched growing up. So very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Mitch down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con with Nikki, saying, "Always remember to geek, geek out." out. <laughs> I am down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con talking with comic book creator Keith Jim. Now, uh, you're down here, you have your book, The Heroes. What is that about? The Heroes is based on our cultural, um, our cultural stories in the Navajo. It's been passed down from generations to generations. So, you know, that's what it's basically about. I just turned it into a comic book. That's all. Okay. So it's easier for certain people to get a, get access to kind of thing. What's that? It's easier for people to get access to in a comic book form? Oh, yes. Um, I feel like it, yes. Okay. Because uh, one of my main goals is to try to keep this story alive in our culture. And, you know, I've ran into quite a few people that don't know, that don't know the story. And some people that are, like, older than me that don't know the story either. So... And I, I grew up with this story. My grandfather used to tell me this story a lot, and I liked it a lot. So, plus I like comic books, so I just put two and two together, and <laughs> that's how it came about. Very cool. Okay, so I mean, I, I don't want you to give it away because I want people to buy the book. But you know, if you want to give us a little backstory on the story, what the story's about? Well, the story starts off as um, as um, changing. Her name is Changing Woman, one of the first people. On like uh, like on these lands here, <clears throat> and she got blessed with twins. And um, you know, as as time goes by, eventually everybody wants to know who their dad is if their dad isn't around. You know, right? So they start asking their mom these questions and who their dad is. So finally, her mom tells her, "Yeah, their, your dad is the son, which we call in our culture Jonah A." And it. So they find out that they're like demigods, but in in the midst of all that, there's like creatures, monsters, kind of kind of like you know like the foreign people, you know, killing trying to kill off their kill off their people, the Navajo people. So you know they decided to do something about it and see if their father could help save their people. So that's where they take off and they, they journey there to meet their dad. But you know it's not an easy journey. You know, not an they, easy journey. Yeah. Yeah. So they run into, like, a whole bunch of courses, and, you know, they get tested and stuff like that. So that, so they do eventually meet their dad. You know, they get, like, weapons and stuff. They come back, and, you know, they basically save the people here. So that's what it's about, but, you know, okay. that's a brief story. <laughs> that, they know that's, that's perfect. It definitely what's the appetite for people to, to go and buy your book? So... Uh, when did you first decide you wanted to make the book? And then when did the, you know, how long the process was it from deciding to make it to the first issue coming out? You know, I, uh, I wanted to make this a um, long time ago, like maybe when I was a kid, maybe when I was in high school. Okay. That's when the idea came to me. And I, kinda, I, I did start on my own, but it was like for me personally. You know, I, I drew, I don't know, half of it maybe. But then I decided, I went back and, you know, I revised some of it. And, um, you know, I spoke with uh, my grandfather again and stuff like that. So we kind of corrected some things. And this book came out last year in, in October as well. So it's been like a year, the first issue. And then the second issue came out as well. Um, so two issues in like a year. 
Okay. And I have a third issue coming up soon, maybe here in a couple of months. So, what? Okay, so I mean, you, and you do the writing yourself, and you do the art art yourself. Yeah, um, I have a team. Um, I have a team. Of, I got a writer, a script writer. Okay. Where we we do the story together. I got a colorist, a letterer, stuff like that. So we all uh, we all get together and make it possible. That's awesome. Yeah. What's, uh, do you, so do you focus more on the art yourself, or what's that? Do you, do you focus more on the art yourself? Like, do, are you you're an yeah. artist? Okay. Yeah. Because you have a lot of other a lot of other work here, and uh, like obviously you, you do a lot of different things. What was what are some of the your influences? Like, who are the people that you liked to look at when you were growing up? I think I think all the all the comic book artists. I yeah. mean, each I love each and one of them. You know, um, I collected comics as a kid. You know, each art is different. I liked them all, so you know, I don't have a favorite or I don't hate anything. You know, <laughs> I mean, even here, I mean, just looking at some of these people's arts are awesome. I oh like yeah. It. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's different. So what? Um, what? What is it like when you're sitting down to 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 draw? What is it that you? like to do in that space do you do you keep it completely quiet do you have n- music on in the background do you have uh a lot of oh, kids running around um i grew up in a kind of a big household okay so when i even when i was a kid when i used to draw it used to be just always noises you know of kids or tv going so i kind of got used to that so you know sometimes what i think quiet it's too quiet I need something. <laughs> so, you know, like, um, I got kids myself now, so, you know, that that's just kind of, I don't know, just like the surrounding of it, I can get things done, stuff like that. But if I focus more on the book itself, then I'll need to, like, quiet and, because they come up and ask me for things, you know, like, not yet, you know, <laughs> finish this first. <laughs> so, okay, then that's a good thing, like, between writing and drawing, like, what, what do you find the biggest differences for you? Like in that whole process getting it right probably okay is is the is my main goal to get this story yes. the way it should be right. you know um, like I said before I, I I revised it so many times and then you know I got myself a writer and we went through it and um, I mean he's he's been doing that more than I was doing the writing you know he's a writer himself so he kind of helped me out, and we kind of made little, little changes, but not too much, just, just to fit the story, you know. So, so okay, but what is it that um, you particularly like about coming to a con as a vendor? Like, how how does that, how does that work for you reaching out to new customers? Um, well, like today or yesterday. I had a couple of people come up and say they never saw anything like this before. You know, like um, they hardly see stuff like this. You know, and um, that's what I think. That's what uh, gets me more excited. You know, like it keeps me going. And I've been to cons myself before I started vending, so I kind of agree with it. Kind of, you know, like I hardly see any Native American comic books characters kind of style going on. So. That would be one of the things why I come here and uh, try to reach out to people, like other people. I mean, there are non-natives that we ran into that somewhat knew the story. Like, they just heard of it. And, you know, they, they tell them, well, here it is. So, yeah. And, you know, I got some feedback from them, and they like it. 
they like it. It's pretty good. So the exposure really helps to, to yeah. at, a, at a convention like this. Yeah. How many how many different conventions have you gone to uh, su- to support uh, this book? Well, I first started in the one they call the Indigenous Comic Con. Okay. And that is, you know, like 80% just, you know, Native American themed, you know. Like the next booth next to me would be the same as what I got. So it's like that, but again, it's all different art. And I've been to, I'm not sure, because I started, it's been a year for me now, and I've been to maybe at least 10. We went out to Salt Lake. Uh, We went to Denver. We're here now. Uh, We did a couple in Albuquerque. So it's it's pretty good. I mean, we get like other native tribes too that uh, kind of catch their interest, mm-hmm. and they tell us that they have a, some similar story as well. Right. But you know, I haven't heard theirs. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what is your online presence so that we can my listeners can go and uh, find you online to support? Well, I have a Facebook page. It's um, KTJ One Comics and Arts. That's my page. And uh, I have an Instagram. It's um, KTJ1Comics. Um, I'm working on the website right now. You know, it's just getting fixed up and stuff like that. So I haven't gone that far yet. So as of now, you know, that's all I got as far as media goes, social media goes, and cons. Okay. And what the last thing I wanted to say was what's one piece of advice you'd love to give to uh, another person that's trying to create their own comic book? Oh, I uh, I should get that a lot sometimes. <laughs> it's to it's to like never stop. You know, don't give up. Oh, I messed up a lot myself. You know, I messed up a lot myself, and you know, I just redid it over and over and over till I get it to where it is. And then I'll I like it, and then I'll move on to a different one. Same thing, you know. It's just I mean, I do it because I like it. I love it. It's it's uh it's what I've been doing. Sometimes it takes away away from the real world, and I go, I'll be over there, uh-huh. you know, creating stuff on my own, and that's what makes me feel good, and that's why I tell them too. You know, I get that, I get that quite often. So, sounds good. So this is Mitch down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con 2019, saying, "Always remember to geek, geek out." out. I'm down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con 2019, and I'm with Larry of Lucky Mint Cosplay Photography. How's the con been so far for you? Con hasn't been so bad. Uh, the Tucson Comic Con is our backyard con, so we make sure we're here every year. So you're you're here locally. You're a local photographer. Yes, I'm originally from Southern California, and I've been in Tucson about the last eight years. Okay. So, how, when did your passion for photography come? My dad was a commercial photographer growing up, and uh, first thing he taught me about photography as a kid is that I probably should hate photography. (laughs) So not until after he passed away, when I inherited all his gear, I figured, you know what? Probably should learn how to do this a little bit more. One thing led to another, and all of a sudden, I got my degree in photography. And yeah, that's what happened. Has it always been cosplay photography in particular? Uh, No. So I got my uh, degree in fine art photography. I own a commercial photography studio. But the cool thing about my dad is, ever since I was a young child, he embraced me collecting comics because he collected comics as a child so he you know he let me do that type of thing and i remember reading in wizard magazine about you know 
this like comic show I need to go to. You might have heard of it, the San Diego Comic Con. Heard something about it. Yeah, it was a lot cooler, or it was a, it's a lot cooler now to be a nerd than it was back then. <laughs> so it was a very small convention, and even throughout high school, I would keep it as a secret for my friends. But then, like after college, I would have friends, you know, uh, female friends that would cosplay. And they would show me their photos, and I'm like, wow, this is terrible photos. (laughs) And that's how I started getting into cosplay photography. So is there something in particular that you have to do differently for cosplayers when you're taking a photo as opposed to other work? Well, I'm a commercial photographer, right? So uh, I genuinely believe that uh, lighting is at the forefront of creating a visual story, right? uh, with most cosplay photography, I'm not talking down about my peers, uh, lighting is usually like a secondary concern about them. But if you know any true cosplayer that's really passionate about what they do, uh, I refer to it as the same as a bride on her wedding day, right? They spend so much time figuring out their dress, figuring out whether or not they need to lose weight, making sure the venue's perfect, so then they come to the Comic-Con, in case of the cosplayer, and they reveal it for like the first time, and they take their cosplay so seriously that afterwards they don't need, they don't wear it again, or they don't let their friends use it, and they just <laughs> store it away and never to see the light of day again. But they spent so much time on it, so I believe that the cosplay photography should also reflect that amount of work. So uh, you know, some cosplay photographers they just do simple lighting. Maybe they shoot in an environment like a park, whatever. But I believe that the character that's being portrayed has to be embraced by the environment. So we do a digital montage, and we really make it into having a strong illustration effect, right? Because when I take normal photos of my cosplayers, the photo themselves are perfect in a commercial stance. They almost look like an action figure. But you probably only look at it for about five seconds, and then you walk away. With my finished product, I make sure that the viewer is like, hey, is that part of a scene out of a movie? Mm -hmm. You know, they question, is that really a cosplayer? (laughs) And that's what I want. That's awesome. So when uh, you're doing post work on it, like what is is it that you particularly do to, to make it pop more than just regular? So our process is a little bit unique. Uh, our standard photo shoot only lasts about 20 to 30 minutes, and our clients are rather surprised that we could pull off what we're trying to do beforehand. A lot of our work goes in beforehand, so the, the client beforehand will tell us, these are the cosplays we're bringing, uh, this the character, this is what they mean to me, this is the type of energy. Take Wonder Woman, for example, right? She's a badass. She's really powerful. But then she also has that feminine vulnerability, right? So they could come in multiple stances. And a lot of cosplayers, they view their cosplay in different stances. Some of them, it's a way for them to be able to be socially open. Some of them are empowered by their cosplays, that type of thing. So we ask, what does their character mean to them? After that, we do research. We pull comic strips, video stills, whatever, what we think is truly embraces the character. And then when we actually do the shoot, I light according to that. So when we actually do the digital illustration, it's super easy. Because I'm like, oh, I know the explosion's coming from this direction. I know how I lit it. I know what the size is going to be. We change the colors appropriately. So it makes it a lot easier. Okay, what was the question? Oh, yeah, so then the, the, the rest of the process. Sorry. So then after that, uh, we take a lot of different elements. These are 
uh, photographic montages, right? So we uh, take multiple photographic elements and we start piecing it together. We usually work in Photoshop, a little bit in Illustrator, depending on what we're doing. And then once we get the pieces together, we do a lot of the blending. That's most of the work, right? To make sure they look this, uh, that they, they look like they belong to each other. And usually that has to do again with the lighting. It's the most important thing. And then after that, we do the final bit of post work as uh, creating it into that painterly effect so that it loses part of the photographic feel and it becomes that digital illustration. So I, it's really weird because a lot of these Comic Cons we go to, they want to make sure that the booths are true artists in mm -hmm. Artist Alley and they want to have like certain mediums. Well, some uh, Comic Cons will be like, oh, your artwork is too photographic or they'll say it's not photographic enough right so we're like in this weird stage of purgatory which is kind of funny yeah so so uh the moment uh, the cosplayer calls you and sets up the appointment to the moment the print comes out, out of the the printer how much time work is is put into one project like that well so we, we do two types of work. Uh, the work you see here is our own portfolio. So these are cosplayers that we hired ourselves. So we okay. have the right to sell them. If it's a client that comes into us, they pay us to do the work. We do not sell any of their prints. It's all their work. So the process is really strange. With uh, the cosplayers we pay, it's really meat and potatoes, right? It, we go straight to the point. We do that type of shoot. But when it's a client... I feel it's an experience, right? So we, we wine and dine them. They come in, they take their time. We have a dressing room. We have a makeup artist to help them in this entire process. We consult them. After we take all the photos, we let them view the photos first to make sure that, hey, we didn't screw up. There was no wardrobe malfunction, that they're happy with the look. I remind them, like, none of this work has been processed yet. So if you think it looks amazing now, just wait, right? <laughs> and they look at it. They have the power to delete right on the spot. And they're deleting from the camera. So we never have any of these in our personal collection or anything like that. After that, we take the photos and we choose our favorite images. We'll go through and we'll bring it down. And it'll probably take us an hour, right? That's the day after the shoot. And then we'll send them to the client as thumbnails. I'm like, these are the images we're going through. Pick your favorites. And then that's how we're going to work the digital illustration that we already talked about prior to the shoot. They pick their images. Then we get to the image to about 50% of its illustration's value. We send it back to the client. Here are the three images. We're at this stage with each one of them. What do you think so far? Usually it's small details that need to be changed. Like, oh, you know, you can't really see my belt. I didn't even know the belt was important. It's important <laughs> to the client. Okay, so we got to alter that, make it bigger, change it a little bit. Some of them, they need to be a, a cosmetic change, as in, uh, you know, a tummy tuck or an enlargement, right? That type of thing. Sure, easily done. Uh, some of them are additional elements. Uh, we had one client, our recent one, she's like, you know, it would be really cool if the the moon was bigger we have a full moon in it right and i'm like yeah easily done can you add a dragon too sure <laughs> those sort of things. once that's all done uh 99.9 percent .9 of the time we finish the illustration and the client is exuberant about the image uh i think only i actually once where they had an additional suggestion but usually the final image the client is just a static and we triple check to make sure are you sure it's okay 
So then they see the image, then we have them come to the studio again. We have them on print for them as like a special gift because we do it like a very boutique style. We give them a great presentation. We show them the overall images. They get unedited images as well from the entire shoot. We'll usually have a, a behind the scenes video of what happened. Wow. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool experience for the client. So at a convention like this, is are you usually really booked with doing cosplayer photos or are you just, is it more of like, this is when we're taking it, we're not doing the shoots and outside of conventions when you do do, do shoots? So we do travel all over the Pacific Southwest. And the original thought when we first started this, this is our fourth year doing it now, uh, was like, hey, we need to get, like, we'll do some cheap shoots, and then we'll have the higher-end shoots. We'll do the cheap shoots at the convention. We'll do it at the hotel. We'll get a conference room, and we'll just keep booking shoots. But the turnaround time was so quick that the quality, I felt, was suffering. Right. Okay. And it almost seemed like it wasn't worth it. It was just, it was really stressful. And then afterwards, it's like, well, did we really gain anything out of it? And we started to realize that the the best shoots were the higher end shoots, not just because of the price, but because we could take the time. The client was always satisfied, and it was just a better overall experience. So we took away having like the quick convention shoots that were rather cheap. We understand that we have competition that offers cheap shoots during the convention. But those weren't our clients anyway, so we're okay with that. You know, the the usual client is uh, a fiancé buying it for, you know, his future bride. Like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. Or a mother for a daughter, that type of thing. And they are big shoots. Uh, We did... Uh, a quince- we've done multiple quinceanera shoots, Sweet Sixteen shoots, uh, senior portraits where, you know, the uh, the client, she was graduating from college with a degree in, um, oh, not architecture. Um, City planning? No, whatever Indiana Jones would graduate from. Arche- archaeology. Archaeology, yes. Sorry. Uh, she graduated from archaeology, so we made her into Indiana Jones and put her in a temple and gave her that entire scene. That's what she wanted, right? They come up with such great ideas. It's awesome. And it's, like, really cool. It's like, all right, yeah, we could do this. That's one of the greatest things. A lot of, like, we'll have couples that want, you know, their engagement shoot to be in Paris. They don't have a budget to have it in Paris, <laughs> but we can make it happen, right? So you know, we give them the next best thing, that type of thing. So it started off with just cosplay, but then now this look has branched into couples shoots, graduation shoots, that type of thing. And then again, at the beginning, we did offer shoots at the con. Now we usually offer it like a week later. If there's enough interest, let's say we have multiple shoots booked in Seattle, we'll fly back to Seattle, we'll rent out a studio, and we'll do the shoot there. So speaking of uh, couples or groups, like... Doing that as a, a, a cosplay group or a cosplay couple, is it a lot more work as opposed to doing one single cosplayer? Uh, kind of and kind of not. So there, I worked a lot with the 501st Legion. Okay. And, you know, they often want, like, group shoots, uh, three, four people in the photo, that type of thing. It's actually not that much work other than the prep time or the cosplayers themselves because we'll shoot them individually and then add them together later to make the group shot and it's just a little bit easier in that end but otherwise the digital illustration process is pretty simple is there any particular type of costume that's difficult to shoot like case oh. or hard plastic <laughs> armor um 
So I don't know if on your podcast you're going to show any images, but there's like um, there's an image somewhere around here with like Boba Fett in his cape that like took like 200 shots, <laughs> I, especially when the client is like, oh yeah, I want the shot of me jumping in the air with my lightsaber swinging down. That's like, of course you do. Why wouldn't you <laughs> want that? And it takes hundreds of tries. And as the cosplayer is starting to get sore and starting to get tired, I remind them that they're the ones they're that the wanted ones the shot. Wanted right? <laughs> it's like, okay. Usually with those type of shots, I do bring a, a computer so they could see it on the big screen, it happening. So we're trying our best. They're like, oh, my leg's wrong in this angle or this type of thing. Usually what happens, I'll take four or five of the images, and then I'm like, okay, I'll use your leg in this image. I'll use your face in this other image. The lightsaber is perfect in this image, that type of thing. Um, also, uh, clients tend to be very picky with uh, their cosplays that light up because mm. they have high expectations on how light up, light up. And I'm like, well... You won't see it now, but in post, it will be very bright. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, they have a hard time grasping that. Reflective costumes or costumes that require a lot of makeup. Uh, like if you see my images of Gamora, those tend to be rather hard because the amount of makeup that's involved, it's a long process while my staff waits before we even shoot. Mm. Other than that... We, we, we're pretty good. We figured it out. Shiny objects are hardest. <laughs> Is there a, a particular costume that uh, you thought, or after you did it, you were very surprised how, how great it came out looking? So your favorite costume so far? Hmm. That's a hard one. Like, you asked, what's your least favorite? I think I have to answer that <laughs> much easier. Um, my favorite cosplay was a commission that I asked one of the cosplayers I worked with before. We were working with All Souls Procession here in town, and I wanted to do something for a fundraiser, so we did, uh, for Dia de los Muertos, we did the character La Muerta from the Book of Life. I asked her to do the cosplay. I would pay for all the materials. The poor cosplayer, she worked her butt off on this cosplay. We bought every single artificial marigold in all of southern Arizona, <laughs> all the Michaels, we had to go around, buy, and we spent so much money on this cosplay. She worked on making the fake handles and everything else. It was just a nightmare. And it turned out beautiful. Wow. The, the images came out so great. We made it into a triptych, which is a, a three-piece series, and it won us national awards. That's amazing. In commercial photography. So that, what I say, is the best. <laughs> Is there a particular piece of advice you'd love to give a young person that's trying to get into this particular form of photography? So, as I stated earlier, I was like, I'm not, you know, saying anything against my peers. Because there are a lot of people that will say negative things. I've been told many times I'm not going to make it, right? Mm -hmm. I've been told many times that my work wasn't that good enough. Uh, yeah, perseverance is a huge thing. Uh, I've now won over 30 photography awards in various fields. And after each one, I still firmly believe that I suck. <laughs> and I tell myself that not because I believe I suck, but it's like yeah, I remember motivation. that people thought I couldn't do it, so I got to keep working hard on it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it, and you'll get through. It's hard. There are a lot of photographers out there, but the cream rises to the top. And it's really easy to do. What is, would you say is uh, the best way for my listeners to check out your, your work? Uh, just look us up on social media, either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Lucky Mint Photo. 
or they can go to luckymint.com. So this is Midge down here on the convention floor of Tucson Comic Con 2019 with Larry of Lucky Mint Photography saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.